Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 10, Romans chapter 10, as we continue our sermon series from Paul's letter to the church in the capital city, Romans chapter 10, the big if, the big if. Let me start a sentence and you finish it in your own mind. I have been disappointed by, a lot of ways to finish that, I guess a million plus ways. I have been disappointed by. I went to Google to see how people would finish that sentence, and I found one responder named Timmy who wrote, I have been disappointed by not getting the girl of my dreams. That's Timmy's disappointment in life. I wondered when I read Timmy's disappointment that his girlfriend might be thinking, I've been disappointed by not getting the boy of my dreams. I guess that never crossed Timmy's mind that he might not be the, the perfect boyfriend either. Well, I found one guy named Floppy Fish who said, I have been disappointed by becoming an adult. It's a lot harder than I ever thought it would be. That is a big disappointment. You're in the middle of that. I have been disappointed by becoming an adult. Another writer said, I've been disappointed by currently failing a class I need to pass in order to, to graduate from high school. Then a heavy one, John wrote, I've had three all suicide attempts. Now that's heavy. John is just disappointed that his suicide attempts have, have failed. How would you finish the sentence? I have been disappointed by. I've been disappointed by my wife. I've been disappointed by my husband. I've been disappointed by that food processor I bought on QVC. I've been disappointed by corporate America. I've been disappointed by my employer. Well, how would you finish it. Do you remember that first big disappointment you ever had in life? That time when you dreamed a dream and the dream was broken? That first major disappointment? Well, I, I, remember, I remember mine. It was a gargantuan disappointment concerning Hot Wheels. I don't know if they still make Hot Wheels anymore. Some of you are old enough to remember Saturday morning cartoons. That's the only time we got them. And those toy commercials during those Saturday morning cartoons. I mean, Hot Wheels had a, a great commercial and the little cars would go and go. The loop-de-loop, -loop, they went through the woods and over a bridge and through fire. And man, they would do anything with that commercial. We ordered that particular set of Hot Wheels and loops and bridges, and when we got it out of the box, there was no bridge, no fire, no wild animals. There was no water. It was just plastic. It was all that was in the box. Somehow, it wasn't like it was on Saturday morning TV, was it? What are your disappointments? Disappointed? the way things were going on a sports team in high school, disappointed with a grade, adult, disappointed with a marriage, disappointed with a surgery, disappointed with treatments, disappointed with an institution, disappointed in church. Disappointment sometimes can be so very, very discouraging. I had a really, really big disappointment one time. I, I 
had a phone message on my answering machine, machine here at work. I needed to call Christy with so-and-so royalties in Plainview, Texas. Well, it didn't sound like marketing. She knew my name, Howard Batson. You need to call me back. I called her back. She says, man, we need to talk. She said, I'm with another client right now. Can I call you back? I was interested enough by now that I gave her my cell number, and in fact, she called back. She introduced herself and said there was some land in this particular county, and I was the holder of the mineral rights, and they were ready to sign the contract and cut me a big check, and the money be flowing in every month. And you ever had one of those too-good-to-be-true moments? I was thinking back in my mind, I don't believe I own any land in that county or any mineral rights and well maybe it's on behalf of the church some of you do that we have mineral rights people leave the church that'd be great too so I was excited for the church or for me or for whoever this is good let's talk let's see how it goes and I said ma'am I'm not sure I'm the right one she said are you Howard Batson I said oh yes ma'am I am Howard Batson my hopes began to soar she said well Howard David Batson uh-oh there's no David in my name. It's Howard Keith Batson. I said, I'm sorry, I'm HKB, not HDB, not going to work. And I, I said, I'm sorry. She said she was sorry, and that happened on a Friday. Do you know she called me again on Monday? She forgot we talked on Friday. <laughs> and she started the whole conversation again. And I had to face this thing twice. I said, ma'am, I told you on Friday, I'm not Howard David Batson. She says, oh, I just keep trying to make it be you. I said, well, you keep trying till you get there, uh, would you? I know you've been disappointed too. Have you ever had anyone say, I promise if you do this, you won't be disappointed? Now, that intrigues me. What kind of promise do you have that you're so sure of it that if I do that, I will not be disappointed? Well, today we come to Romans chapter 10. Now, some of you are saying, what happened to Romans chapter 9? You did Romans chapter 8, and now you jumped over to 10. Is that passage so hard you don't want to face it in Romans chapter 9? Well, yes, but that's not what's taking place here. We're going to do an Oreo. Now, where I come from, the way you eat an Oreo is you don't bite into an Oreo, do you? You don't do that. See, they get it. You take it what? Apart. And what part do you eat first? The cream on the inside. This is a double stuff. There you go. So we're going to do the cream, Romans chapter 10. Well, the wafers are 9 and 11. The best way, it's a section. You can't just read 9 and 10, 11 individually. They go together. So 10 is the center we're going to do chapter 10 today. We will come back next week, and we'll do chapter 9 and chapter 11. So those of you who are waiting to see what in the world I'd say about Romans 9, we'll be there next week. And, ten, and today, just enjoy the cream of the Oreo, and don't be nervous about it. We will, we will get there. Romans 9, 10, and 11 concerns the salvation of ancient Israel. Paul is trying to get God's people which are also his people, to understand the promises made to Abraham are marked out by faith alone and not by the deeds of the Jewish law. 
And that's why the Gentiles who believe in the gospel are counted as full members of the people of God. Paul himself had previously tried to use the law as a privilege, but that was never the way the law was supposed to work. And that's why in their confusion about the purposes of the law, they tripped over the stone. Look back at chapter 9, verse 33. Just as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, and he who believes in him will not be disappointed. He who believes in Jesus will not be disappointed, but the Jews missed the cornerstone. They stumbled over the Christ, the rock, because they misunderstood the promise and the law. Well, look down at chapter 10, verse 4. What was the law for? For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Christ is the end, the fulfillment of the law. For whom? For those who believe. Now, Paul wants his fellow Jews to be saved. Look at verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. Paul was one of them, one of God's ancient people. Paul wanted them to be saved. He wants to explain to them that God has unveiled his plan of salvation in a single way for all people, Jew or Gentile. And that way of salvation, the only way is through the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus on the cross. There is no two-tier plan of salvation. Well, I want you to notice, first of all, the big if. Look at verse 9. The big if. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. First of all, I want you to notice the big if. If you confess with your mouth, if you say Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God literally raised him from the grave, you will be saved. Now, the big if doesn't say all people will be saved. It says that men and women who confess Jesus is Lord and those who believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead, they will be saved. You've had a lot of ifs before in your life, haven't you? If you bought the warranty and if you didn't, the broken object is yours. If you exercise three times a week, then. If you get a seat in Dr. Smith's class, then. If you get a ticket to the ball game, you can go. But if you don't, you, you can't go. If, then. Life is full of a lot of big ifs. And Paul gives us the biggest if of all. If you confess, if you say Jesus is Lord with your mouth, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Now, saying Jesus is Lord, you know, in the earliest days of the church, when you were baptized, you shouted out, Jesus is Lord, and then you were baptized. That's what you're doing when you're being baptized. You're saying, Jesus is curious. Jesus is Lord. And, and that was a title used for Caesar himself, for the emperor. And when you say, Jesus is Lord, you're saying Caesar is not Lord. You're giving the highest title of power and dominion over to Jesus. If you say, Jesus is Lord. And if you believe that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. 
Now, this big if for Paul doesn't happen just here in Romans. It happens in all of his letters. If you listen to 1 Thessalonians 4, 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, there is the big if. Even so, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. If we believe in the story of Jesus, and if we surrender to that story, then we will live forever. Look at verses 8 through, nine, uh, eight through 10 together. The mouth and the heart, how they get together. Well, what does it say? The word is near you. In other words, you don't have to go to heaven or to Hades to find salvation. It's near you in Christ. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you shall be saved. For the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness. And with his mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. The big if. Have you called Jesus Lord? Have you surrendered that way? Have you confessed that Jesus is Lord? Have you believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead? And secondly, not only the big if, we have the big promise in verse 11. The big promise in verse 11. For the scripture says, Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. You've had a lot of big disappointments in life, but this is a guarantee. It begins in 933. It's reported here in 1011. If, if you believe in Jesus, of all the disappointments you have in life, disappointments with school, disappointments with sports teams, Disappointments with boyfriends and girlfriends. Disappointments with parents and siblings and friends. But here's a guarantee. If you believe in Jesus, you will not be disappointed. What was the last promise you ever made to someone? And then you disappointed them? Hey, will you, will you take out the trash? Oh, yes, honey, after dinner, I'll take out the trash. And then you wake up and you hadn't taken out the trash, have you? Disappointment. But not so if you believe in Jesus. God will not forget. God always keeps God's promises. It's the big promise beyond every other promise. Whoever believes in Jesus will not be disappointed. I read a story of a young man in Fort Worth, Texas, by the name of Torian Johnson. Torian's an outstanding African-American student at Southwest High. His physics teacher, Kristen Cotton, nominated him for a prestigious scholarship, the Gates Millennium Scholar Program. Every year, the program awards underprivileged uh, students 1,000 of them, a full ride to the university of their choice. All tuition, everything covered. Well, Kristen Cotton, teachers nominate these students. Kristen Cotton nominated Torian Johnson. 
She went to her email. She opened it up. She said, I burst into tears. She called up Tori immediately. You've won. You've won the Gates Scholarship. Four years, he wanted to do biomedical engineering. He finally got a way to fulfill his dream. And Tori went to his email to match up the emails with his physics teacher. And his email said, sorry, you didn't win. Now, his teacher's email said he'd won, but his email didn't match. An employee of the Bill Gates Foundation sent out 276 false awards by hitting a stroke on a computer. The physics teacher said, I cried a second time. The Gates Millennium Scholar Program apologized in another email, you know, the blah, 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 blah. To our deep embarrassment, we've discovered through feedback from many of you that an error by a member of our staff led to you receiving incorrect information. We deeply regret, regret blah, 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 that this has any way inconvenienced you or the student. Inconvenienced? How crushed every dream a kid ever had. I was really counting on this scholarship, Torian said, to provide me what I needed. This kid is fourth in his class. He's president of the student body council, is president of the student body. He's a tenor sax in the jazz band state competition. What more would one have to do? It was a big disappointment. Torian thought, like I thought I had the mineral rights and the check every month, but no. Torian thought he had it, but no. But if you believe in Jesus, you will never, ever, ever be disappointed. If you surrender to Jesus, you'll never be disappointed. You might be disappointed by a friend, might be disappointed by life, but when it comes to heaven, you, if you believe in Jesus, you will not be disappointed. Well, the third thing I want you to see is the big boundaries, verses 12 and 13. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same is Lord, there's our word again, Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call upon him. And for whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God is a God of whosoever will. It doesn't say certain people can call on him and be saved. It says, whosoever calls on God will be saved. He says here in Romans 10, like he said in Romans 3, like he says in Galatians 5, there is no distinction, Jew or Gentile, slave or free, man or woman. It doesn't matter. We're all saved the big way. The big boundaries are broken. And you can be saved. You see what happened? The resurrection of Jesus sent a cosmic earthquake through all creation. The power of sin, the power of the law, the power of death was overthrown once and for all, and a new creation was launched upon this world. A new creation beginning with the resurrection of our Lord. The gospel message of Jesus is a fulfillment of everything the Creator had ever planned for His creation. I know you have a lot of disappointments in life, but with a big if, you will not ever 
be disappointed. If we confess, Jesus is Lord. And if we believe in our heart that God on that day made the earth quake and brought him forth from the grave, if then you will not be disappointed. If then. What about it, adults? What about it, live streamer, TV viewer? What about it, students? Have you uttered those words? Jesus is Lord. Have you lived them out in your baptism? I die with him and I rise with him. Have you believed in your heart that God literally bodily raised Jesus from the grave? If you have, you will not be disappointed. Life is going to be a series of disappointments in some ways, a series of celebrations in others. But when it comes to your eternity, we don't play play games or take risks. If you believe in Jesus, you will be saved. How can I be sure that promise is made by the God who created the cosmos? It's made by the Jesus who walked out of the tomb and defeated death. He has the power. He calls you to come and follow him. By the way, I... I published a story about Torian Johnson in a publication called Ethics Daily, and Torian Johnson actually got a hold of my writing about him. And I'm happy to say his physics teacher, Kristen Cotton, wrote me back and said that some lady in California heard Torian's disappointment of losing his scholarship from the Gates Foundation, and that she was on another foundation, and that foundation had given him all the scholarship money that the Gates Foundation did not. And she said it all ended happily. And so we don't make these stories up. Here's the email from from Kristen Cotton. Torian wasn't disappointed at the end of the story. And you don't have to be disappointed either. If you're willing to say, Jesus is Lord, I don't want to be my own ruler. I don't trust any other power. I don't want to trust money. I don't trust anything. I want Jesus to be my Lord. I don't want to trust pleasure. Jesus is Lord. And if you believe in your heart that his tomb was empty 2,000 years ago, then you die with him and you rise with him and you will not be disappointed. The big if. It all depends on surrendering, doesn't it? Your will to his will, your way to his way, your life to his life, to die and rise with him. Student, maybe you've had a great weekend. Maybe you came with a friend. Maybe you have never in your life said Jesus is Lord. Maybe you've never really believed you know the story, but you've never really embraced that God raised him from the dead. Maybe today... Is your day in your heart. Let's pray together.
whether you're a student, whether you're 15 or 50 or 105, maybe this needs to be your prayer today. Right there where you are, repeat in your own heart quietly. God, I'm a sinner. And I need a Savior. I want to confess. Jesus is my Lord. And I believe with all my being that his tomb was empty 2,000 years ago. I surrender my will to your will. I surrender my way to your way. And I call Jesus Lord. Amen.